Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 7LAM Podcast. That's the number 7 L-A-M-B Podcast. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7LAM Podcast. Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue Beat. Case One The Silver Casket. Part Five Hide and Seek. There's nothing like stirring up past feelings to really get the blood moving. There's also nothing like stirring up past feelings with an old high school sweetheart who's now married to someone who has just entered the house of fornication. Oh my god, my husband's home early. Honey, where are you? In the bedroom. What are you doing? Sorry, I'm just so used to answering his questions. You gotta go. Where? Honey... You're in the bedroom? Honey? Here I come. I'm running really fast to the bedroom. What? Why is he running really fast to the bedroom? He always does this. Runs really fast to the bedroom? Well, sometimes he runs slower. What does that mean? Hurry. Hide in the closet. Where's my shirt? Here. Honey, I'm almost to the bedroom. Oh, Jesus. I made it into the closet just in time. The door burst open and Angela's husband entered. Honey, I was calling you. Sorry, Eddie. Eddie, baby, I, um, I was just making myself comfortable. I wanted to surprise you. And surprise me you have. You're wearing that lacy underwear I like. You are so sexy. I, uh, just thought that maybe we could have a romantic night in. Hmm, I like the sound of that. But who says we have to wait till tonight? I agree. Hold that thought, baby. Let me just put my jacket in the closet. Oh, uh, Ed, are you sure you want to do that? Why don't you just put the jacket on the desk? Don't be silly. That's where the stapler goes. I'll put it in the closet, and I'll do it really fast. Shit. He started running towards the closet. What to do? What to do? I stood behind a large park and remained extremely still. Maybe he's like a T-Rex. Steady. Honey, I'm waiting. Oh, I'm coming. Already? No, I'm, I mean I'm going to come over to you. Oh. He didn't see me. Good. I needed to get out of here. Angela and Ed began kissing. She turned him so he faced the back wall. It didn't really matter since his eyes were closed while they kissed. Her eyes weren't. Angela's wide eyes stared at the closet. Now was my chance. Slowly, quietly, and out of the room. Thank God. Oh, shoot. 
What? Uh, what is it, Eddie? I forgot to lock the front door. Let me go do that real quick. What, now? Oh, no. I saw something on the news today that said if you don't lock your door, you have a 95% chance of dying. From what? Oh, a buttload of things. Burglars, rapists, con artists, undercover con artists, regular artists that are mad about paintings. I don't think the odds are that high. You've obviously never seen a mad painter. You have a point? I'll just get the door real quick, and then we'll get back to the fun. While I didn't have enough time to make it to the front door, the living room being too far away, I was able to make it to the kitchen. I would just have to wait till he re-enters the bedroom. Then, I'd make my escape. Front door securely locked. Honey, why don't I get us a couple of drinks to spice up this evening? Just hurry. Go to the bar. Go to the bar. I'll grab something from the kitchen. I don't feel like making anything at the bar. What? Why the hell not? You want to time me, honey? I'm going to run to the kitchen. Why does this guy run around his house like a five-year-old on a sugar high? To the kitchen! Where do I go? I know. I shall announce loudly that I have entered the kitchen. I was barely able to enter the bottom cabinet before Ed burst into the kitchen. What would you like to drink, honey dear? Anything. Just hurry. Okay. I shall surprise my love, and I will use the classy glasses that we oddly keep in the bottom cabinet. Seriously? Am I really this bad at hide-and-seek? I could hear him walking toward the cabinet. There was nowhere to go. Trapped like a rat. Then I heard more footsteps. Angela had entered the kitchen. Ed, what is taking you so long? I was going to bring you a drink. No, forget that. Let's just go to the bedroom. I slowly peeked out of the cabinet to find Angela and Ed only two feet away. Angela's eyes widened when she saw me through the crack of the cabinet door. She instantly grabbed Ed's face and began kissing him. A distraction. I quickly climbed out and tiptoed to the hallway and ran to the bathroom. Wait, wait, wait. I just got home from work. I'm sweaty. Dirty. Let me freshen up in the bathroom. Well, let's just use the bathroom in the bedroom. Nah, I always use that one. I'd rather use one I never use. Which is that one, right behind me. (sighs) Jesus Christ. I looked around the bathroom quickly because I assumed he'd be running in at any moment. I decided to climb in the bathtub and hide behind the shower curtain. I could hear it coming. And you know what, honey? You've been so kind. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump in that shower because you deserve a clean guy. What in the holy fuck is going on? Why can I not escape this man? Eddie, honey, you don't have to do that. But I shall. He entered the bathroom and walked right to the bathtub. And here I am, pulling back the curtain to the tub in which I shall stand and take my water shower. Water shower? (laughs) Well, this is it. He's going to finally see me. Honey! Just as he pulled back the curtain, Angela had lunged into the bathroom and tackled him to the floor. She lay on top of him, kissing him wildly. I jumped out of the bathtub over them into the hall. 
Okay, okay, I get it. You want some because you got buns, hon. To the bedroom. Oh, shit. They were coming out of the bathroom. I couldn't get the front door open. I ran to a closet. They came out of the bathroom just as I had opened the door. What's the matter, Angie? Angela had seen me and let out a small yelp. Luckily for me, Ed was facing the other way. I, uh, I saw a roach. Where? I'll kill it. It was uh, in the hall. I don't see anything. It must have crawled into that closet. No, I don't think it did. It must have. Where else would it have gone? Honey, why don't you just take me to the bedroom? I want you bad. No amount of naming offspring songs will deter me from my duty as man of the house. I must destroy this bug before it wreaks havoc on our family. What family? Well, we were going to get a dog soon. I could hear him walking up to the closet, trapped once again. Sorry, fella. There ain't no roach in here. Just a guy your wife is sleeping with. Eddie, baby, if you open the closet, the roach will probably run out. I know, honey. This is why I've decided to approach the situation in a completely different way. Luckily, I noticed that we have conveniently left a bug bomb on the potted plant right next to the closet. I shall take this bug bomb and quickly toss it into the closet. But what if the bug runs out, you say? Not possible. Because once I throw the bug bomb in, I will quickly shut the closet door and use duct tape, which is also conveniently placed next to the closet, to seal all the cracks. I hate my life. Take this, you fiend! It's okay. He didn't see me. Now all I have to do is hold my breath until he goes. I can hold my breath long enough. The gas continued to rise about me. All right. Hold it in. Ed, are you done? I have taped every nook and cranny. Now I shall stand here for 30 minutes to make sure the roach dies. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Ed, if you don't come to the bedroom right now, you can forget about sexy time. But I want sexy time. Then come on. Okay. Good boy. Oh, God. My lungs are burning and my eyes are stinging. Hurry. Get in the bedroom. You know, after all that running, I'm kind of tired. Let me relax a bit by walking as slowly as possible to the bedroom. What the hell? Get in the bedroom, you son of a bitch! Will you hurry up, Ed? I'm coming. Faster. Okay. Are they in? Hurry, for the love of God. Finally, I'll get the door. Thank you, Lord. And I'm out. Fresh air. Fresh air, so good. Oh, man. I needed to get out of here before Marathon Man decides it's time to inspect his kill. That's when I noticed a dying cockroach crawling out of the closet. It flipped onto its back with its leg wiggling. Gross. That was in the closet with me. The smog-filled streets provided me with the freshest air possible to receive in this city. I took a moment to collect myself. What a hectic day this had been. 
No matter. The day was far from over. It was time to contact Terence O'Reilly. It was four o'clock and I headed down Atlas Avenue. Glimmering lights, flashing strobes, loud music, hookers, escorts, robbers, suits, dames, beatboxing mimes. This stretch had it all. Atlas Avenue was always packed, even during the week. I pushed my way through. I reached Hayden Street and hailed a cab. And when it came near, the license plate said fresh and it had a dice in the mirror. No matter, I needed a cab. Where to? Yo, Holmes to Bel Air. I mean, Fifth and Sterling. You know, you smell like raid concentrated. Why don't you just concentrate on getting me to Fifth and Sterling? I was in no mood to talk. The cabbie took me to Fifth and Sterling where I used the payphone to contact Terrence. Then I had the cabbie take me across the city to the outskirts of Emerald Bay. It had been a while since I'd hit up the east side. The east side was the Cary Grant of Kenneth Heights. Classy, elegant, heavily tanned. The whole area consisted of gated communities, mansions, and wide open meadows. It was a nice place. Too bad most of the people here were snobs. I'd gotten O'Reilly's address when I called. It was 4.46 when I arrived at his family's extraordinary mansion. The cabbie pulled up to the long circular gravel drive. I noticed several scaffolds to the left of the main entrance. A few construction workers were packing their things, probably finishing for the day. It looked like they were extending a wing of the mansion. I paid the cabbie when we pulled up to the main entrance. stood at the top of an entryway staircase. They slowly descended to greet me. Mr. Locke, glad you could finally make it. Sorry, it's been a hectic few days. Yes, I know. I spoke to your friend Paul. They had me go down to the station, see if I could identify those two people they had arrested in the sting operation this morning. And could you? Very sorry, but no. I'm not sure who those men were. Anyway, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. It's a problem that needs my attention down at the factory right away. As you know, we have a huge merger going on through the month. I can't have production styling. My family's all here, though, ready to be interviewed. And Butler here will assist you. Don't you mean THE Butler? We don't want him thinking he's part of the family. So we just call him Butler. Right, Butler? Yes, sir. Excuse me, you fucking talking to me? Butler, we don't even allow you fucking eye contact, much less looking at me. Project out, bastard. Okay, well, will you be back soon? I need to talk to you too. Yes, shouldn't be long. Here's my ride now. And good luck, Mr. Lark. The family can be a bit of a handful. I watched the BMW drive off. At the end of the property, it stopped abruptly as two kids on bikes rode by. Terrence opened the window and shouted a few obscenities at the kids before the car took off again. 
When it disappeared behind a row of tall, finely cut hedges, I turned to Butler. <sighs> well, let's begin. Right this way. Apparently the family had been waiting in the study. I was to conduct my interviews in their father's office. Butler would bring in a family member one at a time. I sat in the chair behind the desk and waited. The office was large. The ceiling rose a good two stories. Bookshelves lined the walls and a large windowed alcove encompassed the entire wall behind me. The door opened and Butler shuffled in an old woman. Mr. Locke, this is Mrs. Catherine O'Reilly, mother to Peter, Natalie, and Terence O'Reilly. Thank you, Butler. You're welcome. Mrs. O'Reilly, care to take a seat? I shall. It is my seat. Of course, of course. Why is this happening? I already talked to the police. Yes, well, your son seems to believe that the police have arrested the wrong man. You're talking about Desmond Grant. That's right. D to the G. <sighs> My son? Always meddling. And what is that supposed to mean? What do you mean by that? Why the scarf? It's cold outside. No, scarf, not scarf. I know. I scarf when it's cold, and I scarf when I'm hungry. Listen, Mrs. O'Reilly, I'm going to ask you some questions. I would like it if you could give me an honest answer for each. Go ahead. When did you find out that your husband was dead? When Butler woke me. And when was that? At seven in the morning. And you found out he was shot? That's right. He liked to take morning baths and money. Gold coins, right? Silver. What was that? Silver coins. Oh, okay. Uh, then what happened? I woke Natalie and Peter. What about Terrence? <sighs> Butler woke Terrence. Did they go into the bathroom as well? Terrence and Peter did, but Natalie refused. They didn't touch anything, though. What did you do next? Dance. You danced? That's right. Good riddance to the old bastard. But that was your husband. I hated him. That cheating, gambling fool. He never loved me. So you were ecstatic when you found out your husband died? Defined ecstatic. Well, I mean, the fact that you were actually dancing. No, no, I mean, literally, define ecstatic. It's an adjective, meaning the feeling or expressing of overwhelming happiness or joyful excitement. Then yes, I was ecstatic. You see, my husband was never kind to me. I don't understand why you're giving me that look. I'm sorry to hear that your husband was not a pleasant man. But he is dead now, so obviously you can understand my bewilderment. Define bewilderment. It's the confusion resulting from my failure to understand. Oh, then yes, I understand your bewilderment. But you don't seem to understand. 
I have wanted out of this marriage a long time, but I never saw an easy way out. He would not let me go. Did he ever hit you? Sorry to be so forward. It's okay. I'll scoot back. And to answer your question, yes, several times. Well, Mrs. O'Reilly, I have to admit this has all been very interesting. I'd hate to point this out, but... Don't bother, Mr. Locke. The police already ruled me out. I'm not your killer. I was asleep the whole time. May I ask one more question? You just did. May I ask another? You just did. (sighs) May I ask two more questions? You may. You have one left. Did Terrence ever show favoritism towards his father? What do you mean by that? Well, you scoffed at each mention of your son Terrence. Why the animosity? Define animosity. It means strong hostility. Define hostility. It means opposition. Define opposition. Showing dissent. Define dissent. Expressing an objection. Define objection. Means you disagree. Define disagree. Miss O'Reilly, why do you hate your son? I don't hate my son. I love Peter. What? Come on, Mr. Locke. Surely you have noticed I don't have the same thick accent Terrence does. Don't get me wrong. He's family, just not immediate family. So he's... That's right. Adopted. He was really my husband's son. I never wanted that little shit. As you will find out, our family isn't really a kind one. We can't stand each other. In a... in a mustity, or whatever the word is, can be felt throughout this mansion... Now I'm done here. Go ahead and waste everyone else's time. By the way, the police don't think my husband Jeffrey killed himself, and neither do I. But I also don't think it was a random act. Nothing here was stolen. What are you getting at, Mrs. O'Reilly? My husband was murdered by someone in this house. Don't worry, though. It wasn't me. That wasn't me either. (laughs) Atlas Avenue Beat Written and edited by Robert M. Lamb Starring Jack Austin as Locke Amy LeRae as Edith Jose Caraballo as Paul Brian Messick as Arthur Shannon McCarthy as Lorraine Megan Austin as Angela Co-starring Hope Ennis, Amber Simpson, Shannon Lee, Mike Butler, Ashley Wilkins, John Lassiveth, Jean Lamb, Mike Lenhart, Matthew Manning, and Robert M. Lamb. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This has been a Seven Lamb production. Everybody got Spread the 
word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details.